Hi. <laughs> uh, this is Matthew. This is Eric. And we're on the Audi Atheist hey. Friends. Hi, I'm Aaron Ron. Hi, I'm Andrew Torres of Opening Arguments. Hi, I'm Dr. Ben Davis. Hi, this is David G. McPhee. Hello, I'm Dr. Hector Garcia. Hello, I'm Dr. Jerry Coyne. Hi, I'm Nate Phelps. Hi, I'm Shelley Siegel. Hi, I'm Thomas Smith of Serious Inquiries Only. Hi, I'm Seth Andrews. I'm host of TheThinkingAtheist.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Siegel. Hi, I'm Robert Stanley of the Right to Reason podcast, and I took a left at the valley. And I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you after the bong smoke clears, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I tell you that sex is like playing bridge. If you don't have a good partner, you better have a good hand. That is true. (laughs) I applaud you for that, sir. But you really should always just have a good hand. I totally agree. Joining me as usual is the team. Jeez, it's the team that will bring you vodka when life brings you lemons. Oh, oranges. (laughs) Vodka and orange juice is the way to go. If you find it hard to laugh at yourself, she'll be happy to do it for you, Nancy. There you go. We've got a happy note starting off. (laughs) (laughs) And she thought no one cared about her until she missed a few car payments. Christina. Yeah. (laughs) They love me. And she wonders if you use tiny spoons to feed babies, do the Chinese use toothpicks? Oh, <laughs> that is so racist. <laughs> that is a bad, bad joke. Kirsten, oh, how could you? Kirsten, I don't think I can marry you anymore. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. <laughs> Hope you had a great week. I well, did. we did up to up to two minutes ago. We were. <laughs> don't, don't we just went full racist? Thanks, yeah. Kirsten. Oh. <laughs> no, oh. my, my week's been amazing. Uh, we're gonna have a great show today because we'll be talking to our old friend Thomas Westbrook. Yeah, oh. the Holy Kool Aid Channel and the Here and Here and How podcast. Yep. Oh. and he's gonna be talking to us about the Catholic Church. Yeah. But first, yeah. let's do our usual chit chat. Uh, let's briefly talk about our show last week. Should I apologize you, once more? Well, no, first, first of all, well, first of all, how much of the show do you remember that we can talk about? Okay, well, okay, I, I, let's just say that um, the marijuana effect on me, besides the point that we noticed that we started melting, um, by mid-show there when we're interviewing our guests. You were I, such a I, I, I was so lost. I was so thank goodness you were there, Nancy, because I was so lost. I could try. I couldn't focus for half a second. What's this button? Well, I should press know, it. <laughs> bringing that up, I, I, I had, I had a, a, an argument with myself afterward because I thought, well, you know, I've got that kind of personality that says jump in and do something, mm-hmm. which isn't always the best. But unfortunately, I'm 
that's where I am. And I, I began to think afterward, maybe I should have just been very quiet and allowed you to just, <laughs> Are you, you kidding? know. Do, and, it would have been a lot because, of dead air. <laughs> well, but, but the whole purpose of the show was to see what happened once, you know, we partake. Exactly. And I wondered whether or not I sort of interfered with the, the natural flow of <laughs> how you were reacting. It's no, okay, so what people could hear the chewing of the chips in the back. <laughs> There was a lot of chip chewing. I think I think we conveyed the the, the, the effects to, to the audience. I think they, they realized, you know, that we weren't our normal selves. No, not no. that we're normal to begin with. Uh, and I, I think overall it was a, a successful show. Um, ladies, do you feel that this is going to become a habit of you guys? No. No, um, no I don't I, think so either. Until I'm 25 and my brain has like finished developing, I'm not going to do it on the regular at all. Yeah. After 25, I'll reassess it. There's going to be a lot of new science that is that'll have been done and new studies, and we'll understand it a lot more. So I might my my opinions around it might change for a mm-hmm. regular indulgence, but until then, I'll be like, yeah, no, maybe like once or twice a year. Yeah, I, I I feel no compulsion myself either to make this a regular thing. Although this week I was actually, you know, sitting at home and trying to relax for the rest of the evening, just the end of the evening, and I, I did find myself wondering, huh, I wonder what would happen right now if I had a a bong hit, mm-hmm. if it would actually help me relax even more. But besides that, I felt no compulsion That's to. Good. Well, you know, well, what about medical marijuana? If the if you had a condition where medical marijuana may help, would you would you would you do that? Oh, I mean, recreational instantly. recreational marijuana you put you know sort of on yeah. the back burner, so to speak. But what about medical? Oh, medical, I do. If it's going to yeah. help me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say because I don't have a medical condition, right? I mean. It's, if a medical condition forced me to take opioids, I probably would take them. Well, right? then that's the, that's your that's answer. That's the thing. Sure. Uh, a better alternative at this point. Yeah, if it's a better alternative to take yeah. something like, like like marijuana, like that, I I I mean, I felt no harm to it. Uh-huh. I, mm-hmm. I felt a bit sillier than usual and out of focus. The like I said, the world was a lot prettier. <laughs> for you, apparently. Yeah. For, for me, it felt pretty normal there. Uh, even after uh, the show was over and you asked me if I was okay to drive. You know what? I probably would have been okay to drive. No, you weren't. Okay. Well, I felt That's like how I was you okay. felt. That's how you felt. But your, you, your, your, your brain power wasn't on all cylinders. Uh, it's never on all cylinders to begin <laughs> well, with. Well, no. So, but anyway, <laughs> that's another worked. conversation. Everybody recovered it, and I think yes. I, I think we did a good thing in, in experimenting yeah. because there really weren't any bad consequences, you know. No. Um, yeah, exactly. and we we knew there there wasn't going to be. <laughs> yeah. At least uh, we hoped. And thank you so much for yeah. keeping us on track. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Aside from a sign in the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a sign in the <laughs> apartment building <laughs> complex. All of a sudden, it appeared saying. You are not allowed to smoke either cigarettes or marijuana. <laughs> maybe, maybe they smell. I, do, I don't think it was us on the third floor for an hour. Oh, yeah. And anybody that walked by in another hour would say, well, maybe I was mistaken. Yeah, I don't exactly. smell it now. Yeah, well, for we, sure it wasn't just the yeah, one. No. The legalization, there's probably been multiple people. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, it's just when they now. smell those doing this, oh, we can all do this. And the whole building exactly. started smoking. Exactly. <laughs> Hot box the building. All right. Did you guys hear... This this would be actually good enough for another brilliant moment. There is a um, there is a, a a billboard on Interstate 170 near St. Louis County 
that says, make the gospel great again. Mm. And there's a picture of Trump. And then it says underneath, the word became flesh. I saw that. Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) These people are actually putting Trump up there. With Jesus. What what state is that? You know? uh, St. Louis County. I don't know what state that is. St. Louis. I don't know. Probably it could be Mississippi or, or Kentucky Missouri. Or I don't know. I don't know. There's a red state, obviously. Yeah. I, uh, are you kidding me? I mean, that's <laughs> kind of Trump. funny almost. Like, you have to be so deluded and not know your own text. If there's, yeah. If there's any doubt that the to cult of like, Trump is a thing, it's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really is a thing. It's really sad. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Trump. Uh, the Business Insider says that the trade wars that Trump have been uh, taken on took actual major bites of the GDP growth. Mm-hmm. Surprising! Yeah, it's actually that... down. Yeah, exactly. Big surprise, right? It's actually down by 1.78 points. Uh, worst numbers in 33 years. Without it, the growth would have been a phenomenal 5.3%. And how does it affect all the other countries? <laughs> well, that's a good question. It goes from country to country, I guess, but. Uh, you know, we knew it from the get-go that, you know, yeah. this was not a good idea. But, you know, hey, make America great again, right? Yeah. By so making it worse. Uh-huh. Well, I, th- I think that we took a small step of making America great again in the midterms, yep. which we were all Baby we were all counting, you know, our fingers were crossed. Which we'll yeah. chat a bit, a, a bit about yeah. as well. Um, did you guys hear in, in Canadian news, uh, the MP, Tony Clement, he dropped from caucus after sexting. He sent a couple of <laughs> pictures no. to some woman, and 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 then apparently he went to the cops because apparently this picture came back and they were asking for fifty thousand euros. Oh, they were, they were blackmailing him. Yeah, they were trying to blackmail him. That's huh? when you just be like, "What else? What the hell? <laughs> well, first of all, what the hell was this guy thinking? Because this guy's got he's uh, he actually was thinking part- with his. Penis. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, this guy's got no judgment whatsoever. No, because this guy's also part of the National Security and Intelligence Committee. Oh my oh. gosh, he's so stupid. So this was like... Uh, Security, intelligence, th- sexting. What's wrong with you? Which <laughs> one, one of these things, things is, not, is not, not like the other? <laughs> not like the other. <laughs> but it's one of those things that it's bad to do that as an MP. I, and I can understand, you know, if... if Guys out there all understand, you know, you're really horny or something like that. You're not thinking all that straight. Fine. <laughs> I'll give that I'll give that pass. But if you're a member of the intelligence committee, eh, you really should not even well, come you know, close it, to that. It, 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 take a step backward. If you're a responsible human being, you know, you don't even have to be elected an MP in order to you know to know that you're responsible for your mm-hmm. behavior. But this guy uh, unfortunately, one... he sabotaged himself. Oh, yeah. So whatever consequences there are, I don't feel I, he's got. He, hopefully, he gets some help, you know, because his mind is is. Uh, don't have a lot the, of pity for him. Gone. So, the one thing that I'm really actually happy that he did is he reported it. Yeah. Because a lot of people would have just been like, it could have been way worse, right? Yeah. He could he, let it go on, and it yeah. Could have and also, worse. is he married? Or? Yes, of course. Okay, so like, yeah. Yeah, and he had he had some other incidences before this one that should have woken him up, and yet he continued. See, see me as a polyamorous person. I I don't like that. That for me isn't like oh my gosh, burn no. him down. No, and as a blackmailer, you're quite good at it too, right? Exactly. Yeah. I I know how to pick them out. Those married men, <laughs> especially if they're rich. The late great Stephen Hawkins. Uh-huh. His thesis and his wheelchair went to auction. <gasps> his wheelchair fetched 300,000 pounds. Oh, I was expecting oh. more. 
pounds, which is 500,000, 515,000 Canadian. I'm still expecting What are they going to do with it? I don't I'm know. sitting it. <laughs> I mean, is it, is it going to go on exhibit? I, mean, I don't know. His dissertation went for twice as much. Yeah. It's a 117 page from 1965 named The Properties of Expanding Universes. And it no, went that's, for, that's worth something. That yes, really it is. went for 584,000 pounds, which is a, a bit more than $1 million Canadian. Yeah, that, that's more what I was expecting. So that's mm-hmm. pretty fitting for the man, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys remember a couple of months ago we talked about the uh, Parker Solar Probe. I, we talked about I they were sending a probe to the yeah. sun. <gasps> yeah. And we made the comparison with the football field, saying if the foot, uh, the earth was on one, on one end and the sun on the other end, it would be on the four-yard line. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Well, it made its first orbit around the sun. Yay. And went within uh, 24 million kilometers from the sun on uh, November 5th, and then it phoned home on November 7th to say it was okay. Aww. Yay. So, it's kind of adorable. At its closest approach, it flew at 343,000 kilometers an hour. Or for wow. American friends, that's 213 miles per hour. That's wow. pretty good. 213,000 miles per yeah. hour. <laughs> 200 miles, we'd be like, chug, 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 chug. Um, there is a five-year-old Nigerian girl that's been dubbed the most beautiful in the world. Did you I guys saw see that picture. That? I, saw that picture. I, saw I saw your comment. I, 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 she I paid doesn't more look real. Yeah, I, She's I, I paid more stunning. attention to your comment than I did to the girl. Because once I read that comment that said, yeah, well, go ahead, you say it. Well, I, I posted it. I mean, I'm sure she's real. But, I mean, she looks like a porcelain doll. Yeah. I mean, she is Makeup stunningly beautiful. Wonders. Yeah. She is quite stunning. <laughs> I, I thought, almost like two beautiful. Like, well, when crap. you put that, is she real? I thought you, you meant, is she... Um, Oh, what do you call it when they're not artificial intelligence, but they're uh, they're put together? Oh, wax by um, figure? No, no, the, the 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 models that they now make that see oh. I said CG. Oh, oh you yes. mean like yeah. a, right, like, like photoshopped or photoshopped? No, not Photoshop, where they're actually Fully designed created. and developed. Oh, okay. And, and there's movies that use mm-hmm. what is what is CGI? That? CGI. CGI. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That's what I thought you meant. No, no, I, I mean she she. She's a beautiful, beautiful little girl, but you look at her and you're thinking, if somebody was to tell me, you know, that's just a porcelain doll, I would totally believe it before she was an actual person. See, yeah. see, for me, it's not weird, like, seeing little, like, people who are gorgeous like that, because there are some people who just genetically have really nice faces. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely. And she's, no, she's, she was. And, and you can tell in the picture, it was a photo shoot, so there was makeup, yeah. hair, yes. yeah. and I have no idea if there was touch-up touch-ups on the picture at all like i don't know if because a lot of times they do like touch-ups she's a stunningly beautiful little kid that's for sure Mm -hmm. and uh, her name is uh, oh god i'm probably gonna massacre this jelana well whatever um so we'll have to see if if she pursues that career in uh, in the modeling yeah i have to see if she she makes uh, live appearances yeah. somewhere. I mean, I, I hate I just, to put a little five-year-old through that, but I just hope she has a really good adult support network around. Yeah, her. She's exactly. not going to let her get taken advantage of, yeah. especially because she's, she's in Nigeria. And it's also nice, also that the or most, is, is she in Nigeria? Still? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's I, also nice that the most beautiful kid in the world right now is actually somebody of African descent, and it's mm-hmm. not, not somebody surprising. white, right? Um. We've celebrated this year, I guess, uh, we're celebrating the uh, 100-year end of World War yep. I. Uh-huh. You guys have any thoughts on this? Time passes really freaking fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently, right now, uh, there are some uh, ceremonies that are happening. Uh, after, it's Memorial Day for us tomorrow. 
Um, and apparently there are some uh, things happening right now in France. And uh, this is that Trump won't show up because he's in France, but he won't show up because it's raining. Wait. Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> of course. Well, he, it's going to damage his hair. He doesn't know how to use an umbrella, as we've seen. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, we've seen some videos of that. <laughs> well, it, it does make everybody think about what progress we've made and what has, what has set us back mm-hmm. and the, the whole, you know, in, in science and psychology and in the arts and everything. You know, where are we now? Are we better off? Mm-hmm. So I, I think we are a lot better off. As a, as a world, as a globe, as a whole, we are better than 100 years ago there are specific regions that are on a decline Mm -hmm. (laughs) due to certain people people (laughs) historians will tell you that um world war one doesn't really get its due uh because we think of you know it's not quite as bad as world war ii and in some ways you're right there were more deaths in world war ii but world war one really was a world war Mm -hmm. because in world war ii of course you had your major powers fighting each other but in World War One, you actually had a whole bunch of skirmishes between countries, and not yeah. just the main powers. And I think it's uh, it doesn't get its uh, its due. And I can't help but smile whenever I see, especially tanks from World War One. You've seen a World War One tank? No. It looks nothing like what a tank looks today. It looks like some kind of parallelogram uh-huh. or something like that. It's it's really really neatly neatly done. Um, well, that brings brings to mind, I guess, the the the, the uh, Harry Truman quote. Those who don't understand, those who don't understand history, are doomed, are doomed to repeat, to repeat it. it. Yeah. Is it understand history or Remember. learn from? Learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I screwed that up, but, <laughs> but I think that that probably you know every so often is is a really mm-hmm. good thing to remember yeah and it, it's uh, it's interesting when you look at the states right now mm-hmm. is they're a very undereducated population yes and they're repeating horrible mistakes of germany yeah well i don't like to make that comparison to nazi germany but at this point i, do. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like i don't like to go there i really don't oh, they're but there. i'm kind of i'm kind of forced to do that now um last but certainly not least oh not last sorry Greece has decided to remove 10,000 priests from the government payroll. I just read the headline. So yeah. what, what's, the, well, what's the skinny on that? It's not really as much. It sounds great like that when you read it. Okay. Priests are known as civil servants in Greece, mm-hmm. and they're paid by the government. And in their efforts to reduce the public sector, because Greece has oh, been in financial yeah. trouble for a long time, they say they will... <laughs> They will try to remove the priests, but of course the priests are fighting back, and you know they've always been part of the government and all that stuff. But so the the government basically at this point they're saying they will keep paying the salary, but the, the priests are no longer civil servants. So it's like a mini step towards that. What? So it's costing them two hundred million euros a year to have those priests there. So. Which is so freaking useless, if you ask. So they're but it's paying part them, of their society. It's and they're not doing effort. any work. Well, they're civil, so with the work they do, they might not necessarily do the kind of work that our priests do. Yeah. They might actually actually get a bit more involved in the politics in mm-hmm. Greece. That's a question I can't really answer. But it's going to be an interesting thing to look at and keep an oh, eye yeah. on. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Orange Julius, uh, I want your thoughts about how he's attacking the press. Oh, my uh, God. Especially this week. Uh, it's in character. Yeah. And this, this is really disturbing at this point. I mean, there's, there's, there was a cartoon uh, that was circulating about um, the whole Jim Acosta thing, how the, this intern was trying mm-hmm. to take the microphone away from him and Trump was telling him to sit down, he doesn't want to hear or, ask, or answer the question. But they replaced Jim Acosta 
with a draft of the First Amendment. And I thought that was a powerful, powerful image. Mm -hmm. And it it really is where the United States are right now. The government is trying to shut... If if they don't like your question, they don't like you as a reporter, and if you ask something that's not a softball, they will try to shut you down. Yeah. And that should be absolutely scary. Which, Which is why I don't understand the results of their vote. I understand that, you know, they, they, they had a, a, a blue ripple. I wouldn't call it a blue wave. I was hoping for a blue wave. They had a blue ripple. But it's still, Nancy, you and I were talking about this just before the show. 113 million people came out to vote for this midterm election, mm-hmm. which is roughly one third of the U.S. No offense to you, my, my American friends, but what the hell is it going to take for you guys to get off the couch? I mean, one third of the country went out to vote. I mean, I, I think, know it's not a presidential I election. I know having they're... a day off work might help. Well, maybe because a lot of people will lose their jobs if they go to vote. Well, we were, in, according to what we were we were talking about earlier, there are always going to be people who are apathetic mm-hmm. until, as you were saying so dramatically when the jack boots come and knock on your door yeah. then all of a sudden you realize mm-hmm. well maybe I shouldn't have been so apathetic now. now who's and who's going to help me now yeah. um and, and I understand that but I, I have to have to be a little more optimistic because I think even though there was a small number that turned out, which is no surprise. There were more people that turned out than ever had yes. in the midterms. That's the silver line. And and the people who turned out are a force for good because the U.S. Re- the, the Democrats regained the House, which means there are now going to be checks and balances on Trump. So even though he is outrageous, and even though Sessions tried to strip the entire um, Department of Justice from anything having to do with civil rights and, you know, maintain their their religious posture, they're not going to be able to get away with it because now there are people who really care about the First Amendment, all the amendments, and democracy. And I, I know that's putting a big weight and maybe a big optimistic weight on the Democrats, but I really think now that the committees are have democratic leaders that they're going to they're going to haul people um in front they're going to use the subpoena power and even though the um the uh, the press corps are are getting uh battered by trump Mm -hmm. they're not going to get battered in terms of their ability to um to speak truth to power and to ask questions because they are protected and the aclu and other organizations um will stand up and the and the public will stand up to 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 make sure that they're, that they're not silenced i really i sure hope so that. i mean I, I i appreciate your optimism and you're more optimistic than i am i am on something like that. but in my sim- simplistic mind i look at it this way let's let's say 120 million came out let's Run it up to 120 million, right? Came up to vote. You're roughly saying that 60 million of these people came out to vote for Trump, and the other 60 million voted roughly, right? Mm-hmm. Up and down, half and half, and the other 60 million voted against. So essentially, you have 60 million dollars, 60 million dollars, <laughs> so 60 million people that could see how far this country is compared to where it used to be. You know, in 1970s, you could actually say, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. And now you're living in a country that essentially is 
tearing kids away from their mothers because they're trying to cross into the country. They're trying to they're, they're refugees. They're sending armed guards to the border to repel people that are desperate and refugees. They get white nationalists walking down the street. You get the president attacking the fifth estate and trying to attack uh, the, the the free press and mocking people openly in public and women. What is it going to take? What is it going to? When is it enough for for Americans to say, okay, enough is enough? This is not who we are. The midterms, I hate to say it, but remember when Trump first came in, I said, you know, the thing about the Trump election was it kind of put a mirror up to the American's face and say, this is a reflection of who you are. This midterm election, unfortunately, confirmed that. Yes, you are not the country you think you are, America. I'm sorry. You are not the country you think you are. Uh, you, you're, you're, the, you're the country that is run by white supremacists, bigots, and corruption and if you if you can't get off your duff to change that then you deserve what you get i'm sorry i i i I, you know i i appreciate the 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 dark picture that you paint (laughs) because that certainly is part of the american character and Mm -hmm. and what's going on the rise of anti-semitism the the um the rise of uh, of mass murderers and all these kinds of things, the corruption that's mm-hmm. currently in the in the cabinet, and um, the, the old white men who feel privileged—that's all part of the American character. And there's always a struggle, and but the struggle has a way of tipping one way or the other. Right now, it's tipping in their favor. However, when you look at the makeup of the house. And you see the diversity that's there. Mm-hmm. You see the women who are there. Yeah, it's a silver lining. Uh, people, you know, of all different backgrounds. You f- we finally have, at least in the House, if they can assume, you know, the mantle of, of true responsibility, you have people that actually reflect the makeup of, yeah. of the U.S. And so now you give voice to people who have not had a voice, who have not really been represented. And I think that young power change will tip back. How far mm-hmm. back? We don't know. But at least we're on a pathway of recovering from these last mm-hmm. two hideous years under your I favorite so. Mango, I, Mang- I, Mango, I, Mango I, Mussolini. I also think... That also, when you're looking at American elections right now, you have to realize that when you're talking about how many people was it that voted in the midterms? About one hundred thirteen. More, 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 more than usual. More than usual. When one hundred and thirteen million people vote, mm-hmm. it's not one third voted for Trump, one third voted for or voted for like Trump, like Republicans, one third for Democrats, and like the half middle are like kind of split. It's how American elections work. It's so gerrymandered that oh, you can yeah. have the mm-hmm. the small amount of people who still think Trump is amazing and believe in his ideals can still get the power because of how their system is yeah, set up. Yeah, but even even if I gave you that, even if I get the gerrymandering, but, and if I even gave you the 100 million people voted blue and only 13 million voted red, even if I give you that, it's still... Only a third of the country. But also you have to realize that... When you're in this much trouble. When you look at America, their population, say, I think there's like 350 million people. How many of those are under the age of 18? How many of those are in the hospital and in Syria, like in conditions where they can't vote? So it's not the whole 350 million people that can vote. 
Because if you, okay, if you that's, think that's fair, if you think like seventy five million people are under the age of eighteen, you have to take that out of the voting population when you're critiquing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair statement. But I still think that you know, instead of a this this should have been a blue tsunami. It really should have been, and we got a ripple. We did we did get a wave, and this is my uh, the last thing I'm going to say about this. But we got a wave of apathy, and that to me is scary. And if Americans can't wake up from that, then their country isn't done. And, and I still want to say one more thing. I think another thing you have to realize is with Trump, he is a narcissist. Oh, yeah. And narcissists create fantasies that are really, that they're enticing. They're, they're vibrant. And they, they pull people into those fantasies. And people want to live in those fantasies with them. So a lot of the people who still Trump, support Trump they don't realize they're living in a fantasy. Mm. All right, let's yeah, move we'll on. we'll see. I mean, I, th- I think it's a positive step. It's not going to, it's not going to overcome all the forces no. of evil, but it's a positive step, and it's one that was needed. And I think, the, the, to me, the, the, the thing that is most encouraging is the young, vibrant diversity yeah. in the yes, house. I totally agree. That's the silver lining. All right. Give us a top 10, Nancy. Okie dokie. Well, I'm going to compare top 10. Okay. Yeah. Do, something, do something a little different. Remember um, about a month or so ago, we did what countries were um, m- the most favorable for raising children? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And the, um, the the countries at that, at that point were really interesting. And I said, well, but I wonder if you compare these countries of raising children to the countries that had the, the best education educational yeah. system, mm. how would they come out? Yeah. Good question. Are they very similar? <laughs> Surprising. Okay. Really? okay. Okay. So here we have, just for review, here's the 10 top company, countries to raise children, uh, starting with number 10, Austria, mm-hmm. Australia, um, New Zealand, Switzerland, Netherlands, um, Canada, um, Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Yes. A preponderance of... Northern European. Oh, <laughs> exactly. So Slavic. you would think that because... Yeah. Socialist those, countries. Yeah, you'd think that those would be the countries that would turn up on the, those that placed the most yeah. value in education. Well, I wouldn't say the most value in education. Because Japan is definitely on yeah. the value well, of education. Okay. I All remember right. saying yeah. I was surprised that Japan wasn't on that yeah. list. Okay, so let's we'll, we'll take this like 10, 10 to ten. The ten most, um, the ten of. Uh, uh, if I could talk straight, they would show that I at least had an education wherever I go. It's the after effects of the pot. Okay. Yeah. So number ten on top education systems in the world, Poland. Oh, oh. really? Poland. Poland has valued. Um, education, I guess, since since they've you know um, since World War Two, mm. they've been able to put more resources in, which is which is really interesting because who would think that um, that Poland would be would be number ten? But this is this by the way, this is the the, the first report was done by. Um, uh, Excuse me, by U.S. News and, and World Report, and it, it was a good it was a good report. This one was done by a, an organization called Pearson, which is a British multinational publishing and education company. Okay, so yeah. they're both good; they're both well good sourced. Sources. So Poland, number nine, Ireland. Re- really? Really? So are these the 
best education systems or societies that value education? Well, they put more resources, and they do value education, and they put more resources to make sure okay. that their educational systems are... Um, I, I find that surprising, because I know Ireland still has a lot of Catholic schools and stuff. Oh, Catholics are known for having a good I sense guess. of education, yeah. too. Right? This I has guess. to do, by the way, with primary, secondary, and high school, and higher education. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So... Number eight, the Netherlands, which mm. came in. That's so, surprised so only eight. Um, yeah, which is, which is good. So if you want to raise kids in a good country and know that you yep. send them to school, they'll get a good education. Netherlands is good. Number seven. Canada. There you go. go and we us. were number five on the other. So Canada, yeah. Canada is in middle ground, which is which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think that it gives us a lot of satisfaction. Yeah. And, the fact you know, that we're, we're making doing, the, we're moving in the, the right. The fact direction. that we're making the top ten is good yeah. by me. Well, we yeah. we are actually the I believe we're the most educated yes country for a population. Uh, actually, the most literate. Oh, is it that, literate? Yeah, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the population is actually literate. Well, no, I think I think the statistic I was looking at was that over fifty percent of our population has been to further education after high school. Oh, okay, yeah. Whether yeah, it be a yeah, trade I school, I remember, I remember university, that too, college. Yeah. yeah. By the way, the Netherlands and Canada were neck and neck in, in oh. raising children, and neck and neck pretty much <laughs> in this too, which Wait, is interesting. Which is funny because the Netherlands and us love each other. Yes. Yeah, we do. We have a very good Shocking. relationship. <laughs> Yeah, in many ways. So number six uh, is the UK. Okay. We know they've always valued the Yeah, yeah they have like Cambridge and stuff like that. Yeah, that's just, which is good. Number five, and this is really interesting that it just came in at number five, is Finland. Hmm. Yeah, which came in much, it came in at number four. But that's pretty well, close. Well, yeah, four and five. And, yeah, that's children. pretty close. Okay, uh, number four, here we go, Hong Kong. Ah, ah yeah. there we go. yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Those Asian countries. Yeah, finally, Asia Asian countries are making a an appearance yeah. on the on the chart. And not good for raising kids, but <laughs> you want them educated. Hong Kong is extremely expensive, extremely yeah. busy. I can understand the education system, but a place to raise a kid there, yeah, I don't know. Number two, Japan. There yeah. we go. There we go. Education in Japan. Yeah. Education. Your kid's going to be at a higher risk of suicide. <laughs> They're going to be educated. Maybe maybe the reason these uh, Hong Kong and Japan didn't appear on the first list was maybe a question of density. It is such yeah, a dense country. Very true. It maybe makes it difficult to raise a child because uh, mm-hmm. it takes a village. Okay. Anybody want to guess number one? Uh, Denmark. <laughs> Crickets. Duh. I'll go with that. I'll go with them. South Korea. Oh, I didn't even South Korea? South Korea. Korea. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Now that you say that, that makes you. all the sense in the world now. So, so here's then, me all like Northern European centric. Yeah, like Denmark the, the has top, to be in there. The top four are all Asian countries. So why? And the, the newest rankings, according to how this is all analyzed, has to do that the improvement of the Asian education system um, is the advancement of the economic growth. Yeah, after that was like after World War I, II, right? It's boom. I think I think maybe the reason we haven't seen the these Asian countries on the first list is because they're investing for the future now. Very true. And they're going to be on that list eventually down the road, <laughs> but right now they're well, investing heavily also, in education. They um uh, don't have a lot of kids. That's true. 
their yeah. population but they're they're putting high. they're putting their money in the brain yeah the yeah brain absolutely. power and the trust and mm -hmm. and building the infrastructure I, I was surprised china was not on that list either at this point yeah but well uh, hong kong china's only good if you're rich yeah mainland if china you're poor, hong you're, kong you're kids yeah. in a factory I, I guess hong kong counts as china i guess but <laughs> i mean that reflects when you have people when you have chinese um, immigrants japanese immigrants uh, that come to Canada or come to the U.S. A lot of them their parents, and the Japanese, the parents just that's the one priority. Mm -hmm. Those kids go to school and they have to, Absolutely. they have to, Absolutely. Uh, they have to perform. Fantastic. Anyway, interesting to to mm -hmm. compare and contrast that. Very I'm very, I'm very, I'm very proud of our placement. Yes. Our placement on that list. Yes. Yes. Both of them. Yeah. So makes me happy to live right. Let's live. keep it up. All right, my dear Kirsten. Yes. You got another brilliant moment for us? I sure do. Brought by religion. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm happy. I got a puppy. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yes. I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> You're always on cloud nine. No, I'm not. <laughs> Some cloud, anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Paul Makonda, the governor of a major city in Tanzania called Dar es Salaam, is demanding that citizens snitch on suspected homosexuals oh as part of his crackdown on the existence of gay people. And this is why you don't spread your religions about hating gay people to foreign countries. Well, it gets better. Well, you do. You do. One sec, one sec. She's still going. She's okay. still going. The move comes more than a year after the president of the country said even cows disapprove of homosexuality so christina i'm sorry you're going to have to find a new job oh apparently he's never been around cows because those girls hump each other all the time <laughs> heterosexuality uh, cow lot. approved wow has he ever been around cows Oh my God! So cow. So I guess or dogs? Forget, forget the expert of science. Cows is where we take our, no, our cows. But, but even that is wrong. Because girl, like where I work at a dairy farm, the girls cow, girl cows hump each other all, all the, time. the time. They get really horny. Yeah, when, when they're in heat, they'll just hump anything. <laughs> it's annoying sometimes. You want them to move. <laughs> No. It's annoying sometimes. You make it sound like they were trying to hump you. They, well, <laughs> you have, yeah, I carry a stick in case they try. <laughs> then they get a boot. But uh, I haven't had that happen yet, so. Christina's going to come back one night as I was molested by a cow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh. <laughs> oh, it's moving. <laughs> Okay, so Sorry. so now I guess forget forget taking entrails of chickens. Now I guess we take our advice from cows. Yeah. All right. What else? Wakanda rules over the economic capital of the East African country, <laughs> where same-sex acts between men can be punishable with a life sentence. I thought you said Wakanda. Yeah, I thought you said that too for a second there. That would have been interesting. So wait a minute. Now, do we have to organize sorry, cow Kirsten. pride parades? Cow pride parades. I want to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm down for a rainbow cow. I mean, this this brings a whole new. <laughs> yes. <laughs> whole new... Do rainbow cow? Do yeah. rainbow cows produce like the milk you get in like Lucky Charms? What? Like when you pour milk into Lucky Charms, it changes colors. <laughs> I wonder if that's the kind of rainbow milk. Rainbow yeah. milk. There we go. 
Sorry. We there's a, so there's an upside to this. Day. That's for sure. Speaking of milk. <laughs> and, oh, shit. And spe- speaking of... Uh, uh, of uh, you working in the industry, Christina. Yeah. Did you notice there are some American milk products now in the shelves? Yeah, I glare at them. Yeah. And people don't buy them. I hope. Don't sure buy hope them, not. people. What's the What's the one that the, the one that, that's? Um, They're so gross. It's called. Don't do what's it. the name of it? I have no idea. Fiber. I don't even. I don't even deign to put their names in my brain. I don't even that look at the other products for other important things. Well, we like all, the metric system. We already have homo milk, so <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I think they don't they don't understand in the States. Yeah. They don't get they don't have homogenized milk in the States. It makes me really, really mad though that they let them in. Yeah. I'm just like, no, yeah. hold your ball. Like Well, you know, it's they love the invisible hand in the market and I think most Canadians will will react like us and not buy it. Yeah. So Hopefully. we'll see. Time will tell. Sorry, back to you, yes, Kirsten. Yes. Sorry for our <clears throat> rabbit trail. Back yeah. to Wakanda. <laughs> oh my god. For everyone's information, it's Makanda. Yes. Anyways, Makanda rules over <laughs> the economic capital of the East African country, where same sex acts between men can be punishable with a life sentence. Stupid. That effectively makes his new decree a witch hunt by another name. I have information about the presence of many homosexuals in our province, Paul Makanda told reporters on Monday, calling on citizens to begin reporting homosexuals for roundups to begin next week. How offended is Makanda of something that doesn't even affect him that his response is to lock away suspected gay people for life? You know what's going to happen? A couple years on the road, we'll find out that he's gay too. Yep. You know what happens. It's a fine line between that and mass murdering gay people, a move that was actually considered in Uganda in 2014, didn't become a law. This is almost, I hate to say it, but it's almost a side effect of atheism. Because as atheism is growing stronger in places like the United States. Exactly. And where they go, they go to countries that are very poor and undereducated. Well, it was about it, the, the reason for the, um, not the mass murdering, but close to it. Who who were those evangel evangelists that went to Uganda or to those countries to to actually get those um, rules missionaries. and policies? And missionaries. You, you remember because it, it was it was a group of U.S. evangelists that went to Uganda to try and get them to establish those, mm-hmm. yeah, those rules yeah. and policies. Yeah, and it was a guy that I forget his name. I do too. There was, there was a specific character, and yeah. he was he was kicked out of Jamaica. He was kicked out of a whole bunch right. of countries for spreading hate like that. Yeah. You get kicked out of Jamaica. Jamaica is not LGBT friendly, by the way. Yeah. yeah and but you get kicked out of Jamaica. It's like, wow, you're really yeah. spreading hate to you. But, it, but it's those guys from the U.S. that yes. are promoting yeah. those kinds of hate policies because they know they can't so quite bring them to fruition here. So they're going to vulnerable yeah. places where they exactly. where they can. It's horrible. So, well, the the cure to all this, and it will happen with time for sure, is education. Yeah. Do you want to know what's so funny? So, we had a Christian choir stay at my aunt's house once. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And they still thought dragons were real. Oh, jeez. I'm like, like, how can they be teaching you things and they haven't mentioned the dragons aren't real? Well, that's because they have dragons in the Bible. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. So let's take a quick pause, and when we come back, we'll be talking to our friend Thomas Whisper. So stay with us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else.
People like Ray Comfort are fond of saying, what use is half a wing, right? Have you ever seen a fucking penguin? <laughs> Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatcher such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. Every night on television we see satire, we see comedy, we see people poking fun at politicians and all sorts of things. Why should religion, especially the Muslim religion, why should that be immune from people making fun of it? Not that this is making fun of it, I understand, yeah. but even so, why should you think that Islam should be uniquely immune from the things that politicians are not immune from and the rest of us are not immune from? Why are you so privileged in taking offense? All right, joining us online is our old friend Thomas Westbrook. He is the uh, host behind the Holy Kool-Aid channel and one of the co-hosts of the Here and How podcast. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Thomas, thank you so much for joining back, joining us back at Left of the Valley. Thank you for having me. I, I uh, didn't realize that my dance skills are now a, a thing of infamy. It's absolutely necessary. Nobody comes on this show unless it's a bit like Helen. You know, you have to do a dance move to come on Helen? the show. Helen? You mean Ellen? Ellen? Helen? What's her name? Whatever her name is. Ellen! Oh, whatever. <laughs> the White Oprah. Whatever her name is. <laughs> I'm so offended right now. Me too. <laughs> Oh, Thomas, if you'd be so kind, maybe you'd give us, uh, because maybe uh, uh, some of our listeners missed the first show you were on with us, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a, uh, a, a bio as to who Thomas Westbrook is. So I am a full-time secular activist. I make animations that are laser-focused and uh, hopefully fun, funny, entertaining, um, you throw in pop culture references and humor and stuff. But I try to take down misinformation. I, I go after this this mindset of anti-intellectualism and i try to show that like we can know how the universe works we you know i'll debunk alternative medicine i'll go after people like psychics who are, are really just uh you know preying on the bereaved and preying on the vulnerable and, and the ignorant i'll go after faith healers and, and all kinds of charlatans and um i also try to show you know why why i believe the things that i believe and i'll cover philosophy science and whatnot uh, I also have a podcast called The Here and How, where we explore big ideas and the future of, um, you know, science and human development and, and where we can go as a species and, and kind of the history of how we've gotten here. And so I, I kind of do do the full gamut. I've been going to conferences. I just started speaking and doing a little bit of the speaking circuit at uh, both skeptic and um, atheist conferences. I'm just trying to kind of pull the movement together and you know, provide a little bit of, of unity and cohesion. So I've been putting together groups of uh, YouTubers and podcasters and stuff to try to um, find our, our points of commonality and, and show that we really are in this fight together. We are in a fight to, to promote humanism, to promote the, 
you know, save the human race from whether it's climate change or um, extreme tribalism, yeah. you know, uh, just bring a, a little bit of cohesive to this cohesiveness to this mad world. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that you didn't invite us to that group. That's because we're not <laughs> because we're bottom of the barrel. That's yeah. why. <laughs> hey, but I have a puppy think, now, so I should be in all groups. Uh, the, Sorry, there's there's sorry. a podcast group I think you guys are in. <laughs> really? Oh, the podcast. Um, <laughs> the the YouTuber the YouTuber group is is a little bit um, exclusive because um, I set uh, kind of a minimum of about two thousand subs to get in. So like if yeah, someone is really serious it. about it and they're they're doing it full time <laughs> and they're improving and stuff, you know, I'll, I'm I'm happy to give tips and stuff to smaller YouTubers and I do make exceptions if their their content is is really quality. But I, I want to have the group really as a place for people who are, are serious and making regular content to um, bounce ideas mm-hmm, off of each other. So, so we get no chance whatsoever. We're not that serious and we're not that quality. But moving on. <laughs> Thomas, you've Our been... personalities are quality, though. <laughs> That's what matters. You guys are great. Oh. <laughs> yes, in small doses. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas, lately you've been uh, quite vocal on uh, things that have been happening uh, in your country and abroad uh, concerning the Catholic Church. And I wanted to bring you on the show uh, to basically, um, so you can voice your opinion on what the hell is going on down there. So maybe you'd be so kind to give us your insights. Well, so this actually happened a couple months ago in Pennsylvania. There was a leak where, well, not not so much a leak as an investigation into the Catholic Church where the um, grand jury in Pennsylvania released this massive report um, that basically is this scathing report that showed that there were hundreds and hundreds of abusive priests that, you know, this this information was pulled from the Catholic Church's own records, and they found this... You know, the, I, I want to say a treasure trove of data, but unfortunately, when you're dealing with tragedies, the the wording doesn't exactly yeah. uh, suit the case. Um, Garbage but, uh, fire. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was just this this massive uh, collection of of records of priests who had been shuffled around, who had been moved. You know, when whenever things got too public or too heated and there was no justice these people didn't you know face trial they were basically shuffled around and protected by the catholic church and this isn't new this is something that you know the the boston globe revealed this is something that that has been revealed to have happened pretty much everywhere that the catholic church has had a significant footprint it's happened in chile it's happened in australia and the philippines and the UK, you know, Ireland specifically had a huge, mm-hmm. a huge um, scandal and cover-up that that was made public, and now um, the survivors' network of those abused by priests has been um, pushing for a grand jury investigation into all 50 states in the United States, and so you can actually go to their website and request that you know you put in your state and stuff, and it'll it'll come up with who's your attorney general and how you can submit a request to have an investigation into um, the Catholic Church in your state wow. to, to look for, for all this stuff that's going on. Does that, I mean, we're not Americans, but I mean, uh, we, certainly, we do have some American listeners that would certainly encourage them to do that. Yeah. But does that actually um, have an actual impact on the attorney general? Do the, the attorney generals are open to actually open these investigations? Yeah, for for the most part, if you know, if if there is enough blowback, if there's enough outrage, then you know they're they're listening. They they 
they do take account of how many letters are they getting in, how many mm-hmm. people want this to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not just going to turn a blind eye if they're getting flooded with thousands and thousands and thousands of requests. You know, if if they, they get like one or two emails and everyone else is like, ah, oh, no, the Catholic Church is fine here, then they, they might not respond. But if there's mm-hmm. if there's a big enough of an outrage, and there should be, you know, we're talking about children getting raped. Yeah. Mm on a massive scale where everywhere that they've been you know that this has been investigated it, they've they've turned up huge numbers i, I want to say that there were a thousand victims it's been a while since i was i was looking at the exact numbers but in um pennsylvania it was it was a handful of dioceses like four or five dioceses and they maybe six but they had a thousand different cases of of child abuse and there were over 300 priests and this is in one tiny little pocket and there are thousands of ecclesiastical jurisdictions worldwide this is this was just looking at like five or six of them so and we should also point out these are the thousands that we know of that actually have come forward and have actually been documented yeah so if if you go to um the the organization is called snap the survivors network of those abused by priests they've been around for decades they're one of the biggest organizations that um fights for the rights of those abused because oftentimes you know it'll take if if you know imagine if if you're raped by someone who is a you know a father figure a, a center of morality he's you know looked up to and respected oftentimes in catholic communities priests hold a tremendous amount of power mm-hmm. and they're they're unquestionable. Mm-hmm. And and even if, you know, if they are, if it is brought up, sometimes, you know, the, the police will say, we don't really want to hear about it. You know, oftentimes they're Catholic or they're ultra religious as well. And and then they have a multi-billion dollar church willing to go to bat for them, willing to um, pay off the the survivors to, to give them hush money, basically, to not come forward or not not press the case mm-hmm. and then oftentimes they'll they'll fight legal battles on behalf of the priests to, to keep it you know on the down low and to keep their records hidden the catholic church has paid out billions of dollars in in settlements and in damages in just in in the u.s alone in the last few years That's insane uh so, Th- thomas i'm mean, th- gonna ask you a, a purely political question here if you don't mind um this is just for if you don't know you don't have to answer that question if you don't know but here in canada for example um when you have the different different branches of government municipal provincial or statewide for you guys and then you have federal um for if you send a letter to your municipality to your mayor for example the mayor assumes that you know two other people that agree with you if you send your letter to your state or province for us the uh the the state government assumes that you know five other people that agree with you so your letter counts for five if you wish and if you send it to the federal government it counts for 20. does the u.s government work in the same kind of way do you know by any chance um i don't know that there's any kind of assumption like that i would i would think that you know any letter that they get like that that they would that you know, anyone would know mm-hmm. that most likely you're not the only person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's just a question out of curiosity because you know we have, we have this thing here, and I thought maybe the Americans had something very similar. Um, I will I will say on that note. Um, so I was just at the the Freedom from Religion Foundation mm-hmm. conference uh, this last weekend, and I was speaking with um, Andrew Seidel, who he's. Um, one of the uh, attorneys for the the FFRF, and he yes. goes to bat fighting for the separation of church and state, and for uh, the the freedom and rights of the non-religious, and to try to keep you know religion out of government. And you know, I was asking him, what is you know, is it actually effective to send in these letters to your representatives and to send them into you know your your congressmen and your 
your governors and, and whatnot. And he said, absolutely, because even if they don't see the exact letter word for word, they do, you know, the, their secretaries will, they'll tally up, you know, even if all the, the person is seeing is, okay, this motion, there's, you know, we got all these responses and we got 5,000 people in favor and 600 against. They, they want to get a feel for what the people want, because if all of their constituents are, you know, writing in, you know, you, you generally don't write in about something unless you have a little bit of um, either anger or, you know, you have a little bit of emotion behind it. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that you care deeply about. So if if there are, you know, 100,000 people in, in one region that send in a letter, an angry letter saying, you know, we're against this, we, you know, we're opposed to this, and the politician doesn't listen – then they're shooting themselves in the foot come election time. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, because it's, it's obviously an issue that people care a lot about. That doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be reelected, but they're hurting their, their chances. And they, they want to get a feel for, you know, what what are people really passionate about? What do they care about? What what issues can I, you know, have some leeway to vote on that people, you know, kind of slips under the radar? And what are people paying attention to? Mm -hmm. And so they, they do get this information. They absolutely do look at it, even if it's just a number. Even if it's just you know six thousand people were against this this motion and wrote in about it, you know they they still they hear that and that that is powerful that that it's it does make an impact and it does make a difference. So I don't know if necessarily if they have you know if they're doing the math thinking well six thousand people wrote in so you multiply that times three you know I don't know if they they do that per se, but at the very least you know they if, if you're getting into to public office especially you know at a congressional level you're probably spending millions of dollars on your campaign mm -hmm. or at least a significant amount of money on your campaign. You probably have some type of data scientist crunching the numbers, trying to figure out, you know, what's working, what's not, what they should listen to and pay attention to and what they shouldn't. And I would be very surprised if they're not doing something similar or at least taking some stuff like that into account. I can't speak for every politician, but that's just my, uh, my assumption. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, Thomas, uh, you know, um, these scandals, these Catholic Church scandals have not been just popping out in the States. They've been popping out in the latest I heard was Germany was having these kind of issues, too. Uh, now, the United States does stand alone in a way because it's actually the most religious country of the quote unquote Western powers. Uh, do you do you feel that you'll have, you'll have an adequate response from the U.S. government? to help get to the bottom of this. Uh, are you optimistic about this or are you more pessimistic? Well, in, in this, this current political climate, I don't think that we're gonna see anything top down. I don't think that we're gonna see something coming from the, the federal government mm, in yeah, the US. Yeah, yeah. But what, what's happening is this, is this is coming bottom up. This is something that, you know, it's, it's not just atheists that are pissed off about this. In fact, a lot of the people who are submitting these petitions for investigations are Catholics mm -hmm. whose, whose own kids have been abused. The, the, this survivor's network of those abused by priests, it's not an atheist organization. It's not a religious organization. It's, it's non-denominational, non-religiously affiliated. But it's a lot of the people even who work in this organization have been abused by priests themselves or they, they've they've had family members who have been. And and so they, they understand the pain that, that comes from this. And so what, what's happening is it's it's this ground up, a bottom up movement that is is really driving this uh, 
this change. And so it's people going to their local governments, to their you know attorney generals at the state level. This isn't something that's happening top down. It's not you know some federal you know indictment of the entire Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. It's something that's happening with local local dioceses. And it's it's happening in mass and it's already working. There's already been moves to investigate, you know, a a number of states. I'm not sure that the exact number now that are being looked into. But uh, last I heard there after the Pennsylvania one, there were quite a few other states that were opening investigations as well. Mm, Good, good, good. We've been seeing lately a lot of uh, interesting stories. Like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about a little story that came out of Argentina where thousands of women signed a letter to the Catholic Church demanding a letter of apostasy. Um, Uh, Apostasy or apology? Apostasy. They wanted to get out of the church altogether. And they they wanted to... Submit a form to for for apostasy to get out of the church, and this this is a movement led by women in Argentina of all places, you know yeah. where the Pope is actually currently from. Uh, do you think that we are maybe looking, in your humble opinion, uh, maybe the beginning of the end of the Catholic Church? I I think it's way too early to to say that. This is an organization that you know their numbers are, if not in the hundreds of millions, or if not in the billions, in the hundreds of mil or if not over a billion in the hundreds of millions, um, it's now how many of those are actually practicing Catholics? How many of those are actually tithing Catholics is a different story. Um, but it is a massive organization with deep, deep coffers. You know, the Vatican has so many protections because it's not just a church. It's not just a religious organization. It's a country. It has diplomatic immunity. It has all kinds of powers that uh, no other religion really has. You know, you could you could kind of point to Islam and, and Saudi Arabia and stuff, but Saudi Arabia is a country. It's not, you know, the, the Muslim religion's country. It's just a c- country that happens to be the seat of you know where where Mecca is housed, where you know their their most sacred uh, place for mm-hmm. pilgrimage is located. But even the Muslim Church is so divided with, or the, I say the Muslim Church, the the Muslim religion is so divided into you know Sunni and Shia and Ismaili and Sufi and you know they have all these other branches just like uh, Christianity does, but they don't have. The, the, the same level that the Catholic Church has when it comes to having the recognition of actually having a religion where the head of the church is the head of the religion as well, mm-hmm. where, you know, he's both the vicar of Christ on earth, the voice of God, you know, speaking to man, and at the same time, the head of a extremely powerful, extremely wealthy country. Nobody's going to go to war with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it would be diplomatic suicide. Yeah. Nobody's going to sanction the Catholic Church or the, the Vatican. It, it would be suicide. It, you know, it's you would have all these people in your your own country who would just be outraged by it. There's still enough. And if you look at the, the defense of the Catholic Church, you have organizations like the Catholic League in the United States. That's a multi-million dollar organization. Yeah. And their their president is paid half a million dollars basically to defend the actions of the Catholic Church in the U.S. And it, they say, oh, it's to, to prevent Catholic discrimination. Well, if you call it Catholic discrimination to want justice for, you know, children who have been raped by priests if you think that that's discriminating against catholics then that's a whole nother problem but but it's insane the kind of hoops and the kind of backbends that that um people like uh, bill donahue will go through to to defend this organization yeah i believe that when this uh, pennsylvania incident came out he basically stated that the kids were not penetrated therefore they were not raped 
Uh, well, so, he said not all of them were penetrated. Yeah, so I was like, wow, <laughs> we talk about semantics here. Yeah, as as if as if you know when you're a kid and and you know being th- th- there was a case in in Ireland that I I put up in one of my videos is this old man talking about how like he was literally stripped uh, naked and then beaten head to toe you know without a shred of cloth like just completely just beaten and then he was raped but it's like oh but if if he wasn't raped then the the beating would be okay right you know because yeah. that's not abuse it's just it's disgusting it's it's disgusting the the kind of of arguments that they put forth to to defend their church and he'll he'll say things like oh well you know they haven't really been indicted yet well they haven't been indicted because the fucking catholic church has covered it up mm-hmm. and i i apologize for swearing no on your show but it's it's child rape is one of those issues that you know it it rightfully makes you angry don't you fucking swear on our show man <laughs> <laughs> do you know what 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 i find mind blowing is is the apathy from the public about something like this i mean i i was talking to some uh, some some folks that are catholics and they're they're italians and all that and i'm i'm trying to say wow isn't that like a tragedy what's going on with the catholic church and and, and the priest and all that and they said oh well we've known this forever it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Yeah. If you know this forever, why? How come you've never? And why are you still a Catholic? Why? How come you've never spoken up? Well, we just we just know that priests were diddling kids forever. That's why we never sent my kid to to <laughs> to become a choir boy or something like that. It's like, holy crap! I don't understand the mentality. What the hell are these people thinking? Yeah, I I don't have a an exact source on this, but I I, I saw one guy being interviewed. Um, I think it. I don't remember the 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 news outlet, but he was talking about how there were there was a a case written as far back as as like the first or the second century or something A.D. Like that that there was a case of like abuse by by priests and stuff. Like it was going wow. way way back. And then uh, there was another guy, and he was talking about how he's like, yeah, I was I was abused by a priest as a kid, and it took me decades to come forward just because you know you feel like you're going against the entire community, you're going against mm-hmm. God, you know that this this is a man of God, and you're you know who's gonna believe you yeah. that you're you're going against a priest? But everybody knew. Everyone knew, and they, they would say, you know, oh yeah, Father Feelsy hands over there, you know, and like they they would all joke about it, <sighs> and in a, in a way, they're complicit. Yes, yes, they are continuing to donate and attend a church that is raping children and covering it up on a mass scale. If you're still going to a Catholic church and if you're still donating to a Catholic church that refuses to make the necessary changes. You know, after Boston, they came forward and they said, "Oh, we're going to have a, a zero tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. If, if this ever happens again, we'll we'll crack down on the priests." And then what did they find? They found that these priests were getting relocated to South America. One guy was put in charge of an orphanage, you know, over dozens of kids, and and he's a known child molester. No, and just... the Catholic Church knew about it. They knew about the allegations. They covered it up. And this is not one case. This is hundreds of cases. In in the Philippines, it was happening at a massive scale. And they're like, well, we just can't. We don't have the resources to look into all these cases. And so it's it's not just that they are investigating it and making it public. They're not doing that. They're not making it. They're not turning over their records to the authorities, to the police. They're, they're hiding it. They're complicit in it. Um, but they're also oftentimes turning the, the other way, shielding and protecting the rapists, and they're keeping them in charge of kids. They're not just relocating them to Rome or just taking them away from kids while they investigate. They're continuing to work in and around children while this is is all going on, and it's it's disgusting. 
So anyone who continues to support the Catholic Church with all of this happening is 100% complicit in it. Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I, uh, I remember a line from uh, Bill Maher's movie uh, when he was saying, you know, if you were part of any other club, you know, whether a sports club or a political club or anything like that, that was guilty of so much misogyny and rape and, um, and atrocities, you'd resign in disgust, you know. And so you wouldn't just resign, you would burn it to the ground. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a video on um, comparing it to build a bear. And if, if, if let's say, and that this is a hundred percent fictional, there's, there's no build a bears never done anything like this, but if there was any kind of leak that say one of the employees at build a bear was hiding little cameras in, in the eye sockets oh, of these teddy bears and be... watching your little kids, people would flip out. Yes. There would be mass yeah. outrage. They would boycott the company. Now, if you found out that those employees had back rooms where they would take the kids and they would molest them and they would rape them, and then you found out that the organization is covering it up and then that they're paying hush money and that they're, you know, have this massive uh, network where they'll move these these employees around from one location to another where they're, you know, the, the employees have a massive amount of power and closeness and connection with these kids then yeah you, you damn well better believe that people would be grabbing their pitchforks and their their yeah, uh sure. torches or in this day and age their ak-47s and their their <laughs> um, ar-15s and yeah. they would be storming the the headquarters of build-a-bear and demanding blood yeah yeah, no, no it's, I think it's a quite it's an apt comparison. I think you you you're quite right. Mm -hmm. I I think it's also interesting when you look at some people in the Catholic Church. It's it's like even though there's so much evidence of the atrocities that are happening, they they downgrade it in their own minds to be like, oh, it's just like once in a while, like it's just that random yeah, person. Like yeah. I have a sister who. Um, her husband grew up Catholic and um, I grew up they, Catholic. they go to a Catholic church. But she doesn't like Disney because she thinks Disney, like, may, like they're, I don't even, like, she's kind of weird. Um, like, they, like, sexualize the children and, like, they kind of, like, I don't even really know. But then she goes to a Catholic church. And I'm like, I don't understand. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't know that the rate of of child abuse is higher among priests. I think that most studies that I've seen have put the number around six percent. Um, that you know that that may seem high, but when you look at the overall mm -hmm. number um, globally, it's yeah. it's comparable. Um, I think that there's a lot of cases that are that never see the light of day, and so the number could be significantly higher. Um, but where where I think that my blood gets boiling is not that, oh, my God, every single priest is a rapist. I don't think that that's true. I think that there are priests who are, are good and upstanding and, and who are, are solid individuals. I'm not advocating for people going to churches and just beating up priests because they're all child yeah. rapists. I don't. I don't believe that to be the case for a second. What what really outrages me, though, is and this is this is the difference, is that when someone rapes a kid in the general public they become a a sex offender, a child molester. You know, they, they have a, a status for life and they go and they serve jail time. Yeah. And they're never allowed around kids. Again, you're not allowed yeah. to then go and work at a daycare if you're known yeah. to be someone who is attracted to children and acts on it. Yeah. You know, and for, for the Catholic Church to have basically become a pedophile's paradise where you can go and pretty much indiscriminately 
you know, molest kids and you know that this organization is going to kind of sweep it under the rug and hush it and move you around if you get caught, you have this this extremely massive organization going to bat for you and protecting you and people even in, in um, sometimes judges won't want to touch the case because you're a priest. That's where it gets messed up. It's it's not that, you know, if let's say that, that Build-A-Bear had one or two um, child molesters, I'm sure that, you know, with thousands of employees that they've had some, mm-hmm. but when it comes to light, they don't shelter them. They don't yeah. shield them. They don't protect them as far as I know. And the Catholic Church has done that. And so that's where it's different. That's where it's, Definitely. you know, it's like, yes, every organization, when you get to be a massive size with thousands of employees, there's going to be a few people that do things that are illegal, that don't look good for your company. The question is, how do you respond? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What actions do you take? Yes. And they've clearly failed on all those counts. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've also been stunned by, I mean, for this this week, for example, I was arguing online with uh, one of those uh, Trump supporters, like, like one of those really... QAnon kind of people, you know, really gone beyond the pale there. And these people are insisting that there's a pedophile behind every door. Every Democrat is, and there's this cabal of pedophiles, satanic pedophile running the world. And, and, uh, you know, Pizzagate and all that shit. And, you know, they, if you listen to these people, you know, they're out to come and get our kids. But yeah, these same people go to church. And they don't see. They don't seem to make the link at all. And say, so, you know, you, you think there's a pedophile behind every door. Maybe you should think there's a pedophile behind every church. You know, and yeah, one one thing I've noticed, and and I don't honestly, I don't think that, I don't think that atheists are any more or less moral. I I think that people are people for the most part, and yeah. I think that you the know, Thomas or Thomas, and not necessarily those of left of the valley <laughs> subsidiaries or. <are laughs> <laughs> I, I think that society dictates our morals. I do think morality is subjective, um, but I think that there is some that there are some things that are, are innate in us, and you know that that human solidarity is one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I I look at the atheist community, and one thing that I've noticed is that because we don't have this this type of dogma that we're trying to protect at all costs, we're not putting faith above, you know, any kind of. Uh, truth or science or, or anything you know we're, we're trying to fi- just figure out how the world works and create the best world that we can from a humanist perspective i don't see these kind of cover-ups happening by humanists and if anything i've noticed that when there is something that you know someone gets a little bit feelsy or they do something you know that's that's you know inappropriate i'm i look at cases like what happened with lawrence krauss or david silverman mm-hmm. and i don't want to go into all of the details of those i don't want to it's been a while i don't want to drudge it up and argue about you know what did he do what did they do you know yeah. but what i did notice in the community was that there was this instant reaction of you know well i don't really want anything to do with them at least until you know we know more information and know if there's anything to this Mm. and there was a a lot of people even went a step further and said you know they're a complete scumbag i'm just throwing them out like instant you know uh disassociation yes and i do believe in due process i do believe that people are are for the most part you know well i do believe people are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law but at the same time you do what you can to um not associate with uh you know, people who are doing things that are, are shady or, or illegal or just, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't help but think, but where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't want to, I don't think that every single person who's ever accused is guilty. You know, there's been cases of people wrongly accused. But I have noticed in our community, we're, we're very quick to, you know, we don't just cover up and protect our heroes because they've done some good stuff. You know, we don't just say, oh, well, you know what? 
this person can get away with, you know, child rape because they're, you know, they're the voice of atheism on earth. You know, well, if, if Richard Dawkins were to go out and slaughter, you know, 500 people and rape some kids, well, you know, you can't call him a pedophile or a warlord because, you know, he's a hero of atheism. Mm. But as soon as you start questioning the prophet Muhammad, it's a completely different story. And I'm like, we, why is there a double standard? Yeah. Why is one, you know, sacred and unscrutinizable and, you know, the other's not. And and I'm not saying that atheists are more moral. I'm just saying that I've noticed in our community that at the very least, we don't just protect our heroes mm-hmm. at that level. Yeah. Well, Thomas, I mean, come on. Let's, let's face it. What the hell has Richard Dawkins ever done for humanity, right? Besides offers a new vision of gene therapy and all that. I mean, Mohammed split the moon in two. I mean, that's fantastic stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Well, and did Dawkins ever ride on a horse up to heaven? Exactly. I want to see Dawkins on a horse, flying horse. <laughs> we, we could turn that into a meme. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for explaining all this to us today. I really, really appreciate that. Um, but uh, the mic is all yours, my friend. Uh, be bold, be shameless. What's coming down for, uh, for your channel and the Here and How podcast? Uh, well, so I've, I've got a couple things coming up. I'm in the middle of working on a collaboration with another YouTuber named Professor Stick. We're going to be exploring the world of chi energy and chi healing and kind of showing some breakdowns of – I'm going to try to debunk a guy. I'm not going to give away who it is, but there's this guy. He's got all these convincing-looking videos where he spontaneously ignites a piece of paper and he mm. cuts his hand and has it bleed. And I'm, I'll be going down to Austin. I'm going to try to um, – I, I see Matt Delahunty every once in a while, and I'm going to ask him for advice and tips on, on regenerating it. And I, I don't want to give away all the magician's tricks, but I, if I can cut my hand and make it bleed and heal it, but if I like do it where my blood is green or something, then I think that'll be enough to disprove <laughs> and show it can be done naturally. Yes. Good point. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Thomas. I really appreciate that. But before I let you go, i got to have you say, hi, I'm Thomas Westbrook, and I took a left in the valley. Howdy, I'm Thomas Westbrook, and I took a left at the Valley. And that was our friend Thomas Westbrook. Love Thomas. He's always so informed. Yes. I highly, highly recommend, by the way, that you listen to his uh, channel, Holy Kool-Aid, and his wonderful podcast with his co-host, Stephen Woodford and Rachel Oates, the Here and How podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. And if you go back into the archives a couple, was it about a month ago or two ago? Something we, like that. Time is so weird right now. We, we interviewed Steven and we had a blast with him. He was he was an absolute gentleman and everything. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Catholic Church does down the road. Yeah. I, and, and society's like response. Yeah. Like and individuals like... I get really yeah. discouraged when I hear stuff like I was telling you about this person I was talking about. Said, oh, yeah, we've known this forever. I said, well, yeah. if you've known this forever, it's like saying, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> well, we just never bothered doing anything because it didn't affect me personally. Yeah. And Some this people is, are, don't have empathy and it's yeah. really sad. Yeah. It's, it's quite unfortunate, but, you know, it's the way it is. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, guys. You can follow us at theleftofthevalley.com. You can follow us on at LETV Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook. You can send us an email at theleftadvalley at outlook.com. Okay, coming up. Where's my schedule? 
Next week, we'll be talking to our friend Jeremy Montanez. He's the guy who used to vote for Trump, who voted for Trump, and then went on CNN and basically said, Oh my God, I made a huge mistake. And he got a lot of flack, and now we're going to ask him, of course, about the upcoming election, that, well, the upcoming election, the election they just had, yeah. and his comments and see how optimistic he is about the future. And uh, we'll also have a debate between our friend Chris the Christian Christensen and our friend Robert Stanley of the Right to Reason podcast. I get to be the moderator. That should be interesting. I promise to be impartial. Good luck. Unless somebody, one of them bribes me. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, during December, we'll also have a uh, gentleman to call. uh, Where is he? Where's his name? Oh, geez. James Fodor, okay. And he's got a book called Unreasonable Faith. And we'll be discussing He Who Must Not Be Mentioned, William Lane Craig. Oh, I thought you were about to say Donald Trump. No, no, no. We can mention him. We'll just call him Orange Julius. Harry Potter? We're talking about Harry Potter. Or Mango Mussolini. And, of course, uh, we'll have our Christmas special and our end of, end of the year uh, recap. And we'll also have Tom and Cecil so of Cognitive Dissonance to end the year with us. <laughs> well, just about before our Christmas show, anyway. So we'll have fun with that. And then the whole new year begins after that. Yeah. We'll see what goes down. So. <sighs> we always have things coming up. We do, we do. Can't believe it's almost the end of the year. I know. Time flies. When you're having fun. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. It's hey. been good. Now I'm going to go home and cuddle my puppy. Oh, jeez. At least she's not so talking about Harry Potter. Adorable. We have things to do before we go and cuddle the puppy. I have to buy her a Hufflepuff outfit. Oh, God. All right. Thank you. Oh, Until gosh. next time. She's going to be so cute. America, if not the UK as well where they would they go so far as to even like cover up table legs because they looked too provocative serious yes no way. yeah that is wow. so stupid i think i have heard about that yeah <laughs> it was like this this era of like hyper prudishness where everything like, I had to fuck that table yeah. leg <laughs> i'm gonna fuck that table see, leg see this is why aliens don't visit us we are the alabama of the universe I really think so. And they, they just say, you know what, Zork, no, don't even no. stop there. We These people the are crazy. Rural Alabama. <laughs> the rural Alabama universe. <laughs> Good one. All right. It's like even even you know NASA is probing Uranus. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. We would just be so misunderstood by aliens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They're like, wait. You named a planet what? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, Uranus was first named George. It was named after King George. Seriously? Why didn't you it's do true. that? It's so cute. Well, it's, it's because hilarious. George turned out to be an asshole as well, so they renamed it Uranus.